0: a brawl! Daston with a right! Daston with a right! Set with a left! Oh! Oh. We knew this was going to
1: happen. Gake and quit. McGratton and Troy drop the gloves. It's St. Patrick's Day. And Andre Waugh with a couple of right. Peters gets
0: going. And Waugh going with a left hand. Andre Waugh takes down Peters! win! Jablonski trying to counter with a right, he gets a couple of good ones on Lazard, he's got him rocking backwards,
1: this is the Jablonski we'd like to see! Two heavyweights going left and left and left and look at E.J. Stock, pistoning that left hand! Number 47 for Boston, both guys, five minutes each fighting!
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and today is episode 22 with Kevin Killer Kaminsky. Uh, I had a lot of fun recording this one, and we went on for pretty much his NHL career. I apologize. I didn't get to his minor league stuff, but that was because I didn't have his fight card. I got it after because, of course, the godfather, fourth line voice, had his fight card. Um, And he was like, oh, why didn't you ask? I have it, (laughs) of course, afterwards. But uh, so no, I do apologize for that. I definitely got to get Kevin back on. We uh, we talked about it before, and yeah, he'll definitely come back on for for round two. So we'll cover his minor league stuff, and uh, you know, we definitely got some free time with this whole coronavirus thing going around. As uh, you know, got got enough free time to where I re- got to re-record this again. <laughs> I think I've recorded this intro three times because I've just sat here and butchered it. Guess I've been out of podcasting too long, eh? Um, but no, I had a great time talking with Kevin. We cover. A lot of stuff actually. Still, even with uh, even with me not covering his minor league stuff, there was still a bunch to talk about from his career. I mean, hell, he was just named SJ Coach of the Year. We cover that infamous helmet picture that I think it was. I think we talked about it. Uh, that was Barnaby that posted about it, and it's his helmet, and it's got the like all the cuts in it to really you know fuck a guy's hand up when they're fighting. So we talk about that, and you know, yes, it's a hundred percent true that's you know not made up he did it i think he said he still has the helmet too uh, Now i think about it but we talk about that we talk about his domi fights and junior and what it was like playing with twist and chaser so no it was a, it was a great time had a lot of fun interviewing kaminsky i apologize on my half there's there's two things well one being if i sound like a bumbling idiot during it excuse me i recorded it at my in-law's house so we um there was some noise going on in the background that I kind of get distracted with. because we had two dogs over there. They're barking or actually we had three dogs. And I think about it. So they're over there barking in the background or, uh, you know, they're all laughing and like that, which of course I don't expect them to, you know, sh- shut their mouths <laughs> while I'm doing a podcast, but I just really wanted to record. And this was my first chance to record with a player in a long time. So, um, of course I'm not going to pass that opportunity. I just apologize. If I sound like an idiot, sometimes I might've been distracted or something like that. Um, but no, it's, uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. And the second thing is I had mentioned a fight and I can't remember who I said it was, if it was McCray or Churla, but I think I had said it was, uh, Wendell Clark fighting. Uh, I think it was Churla maybe. And that is completely inaccurate <laughs> in the fight I was talking about. I was like, Oh yeah, if you, if you've seen it, definitely go, definitely go check it out. I, um, uh, it's a, one of the greatest toe-to-toe fights ever. And I saw like a complete moron because I thought about it afterwards. I was like, man, did they really fight? And I look it up. I'm like, oh, I got to go watch that fight. Look it up. I'm like, wait, why can't I find this fucking thing? Um, so that is my fault. I'm an idiot. It was actually McCray and cordic <laughs> I mixed it up because uh, in that video um, for Cordic's side, of course, with the Leafs, Wendell Clark is a spectator, so I, I, I that's what I remembered. I remembered seeing Wendell Clark and Seventeen in the background, and then I just mixed up McCray and Churla because, of course, they were on the North Stars at the same time. So I do apologize. That fight is actually um, John Cordick and Basil McCray. So if you haven't seen that fight, definitely go check that one out. Um, <laughs> that's again, my apologies. It's just like how I butchered Kevin Kerr as the, uh, the guest for Joe Lazito's <laughs> podcast, um, the Coliseum Chronicles, even though it was actually Carrie Clark. Um, fuck, maybe it's, I don't know what is it. I can't, can't get those Clarks right, I guess. Um, <laughs> but no, it was, uh, it was a good time. I had a lot of fun interviewing Kaminsky. And like I said, hopefully I'll get him back on. Um, and you know, hopefully I, you know, I'm trying to release, uh, normally I, I wait a little bit to release these episodes, uh, but with everything going on and everybody being kind of pent up with the virus and everything like that figured i'd release some episodes hopefully it gives people a little bit of entertainment while we're all kind of cooped up and quarantined um i'm thankful i was supposed to stop working today but we're actually we're working another week next week so we're just kind of taking it week by week i guess so i'm glad to still be working and everything like that but you know this will be a little escape for people who were quarantined you know kind of gets bored around the house or whatever the case may be so just tune in and Enjoy a couple of stories. Maybe you know I've. If you're new to the show and you're just now listening, I got plenty of episodes. I got uh, Jeremy Oblonsky, Peter Zerba, Ken Tasker, Frank Bielowis. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, Jason Renard, Jock Mayotte. So, uh, plenty of tough guys for you to go back and listen to if you want to. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated and. Uh, if you could rate and review the show, that'd be awesome, too, whether you want to give me five stars or one star. And if you want to motherfuck me in the comment section, go ahead. I've been, I've been motherfucked before. Uh, Darth Vader with a dip in, as they say. <laughs> Although, I have quit chewing, so there's that. I quit chewing for the second time now, so, we'll, so we're going strong here for about a month and a half, I think. I can't even, I didn't mark a day down. I just wanted to fucking do it, not think about it. So, I can't remember how long it's been since I chewed, but... No, it's been good. So, uh, yeah, if you uh, rate and review the show, it's supposed to help me out as far as being seen as like a, I guess, when you search hockey podcast in iTunes or Spotify or something like that. So, uh, you know, like I said, if you want to give me five stars or one star, just please rate and review the show. It'd mean a lot to me. Um, Yeah, so uh, real quick before we, uh, you know, cut this off here, of course, I got to give the shout outs to. Us little fish in the big pond, and that's well, like I'd mentioned before, Joe Lazito over there at the Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box. Joe focuses on the enforcers for the Islanders and the Islanders, like farm teams. So it was like the Sound, or what was it, it was Owen Sound Tigers? I think um guys like uh, stuff like that. So he's got guys on there. He had you know Cruz. He had Ewan for uh, Dino, and not um, who else. Try to think. Now I'm, I'm kind of going brain. Oh, he had Mike McWilliam on there. Guys like that. So plenty of, plenty of guys over there. Uh, Joe's doing a great job. And uh, it's very in-depth interviews, of course. And, you know, you sit down and crack a beer while you listen to those because he'll, he'll go on. He's got, well, I can't remember. I think it was like a three-part series with Ewan or uh, might've been Mick Fukuda, one of the two, but great stuff over there, of course. And, uh, like I said before, I was just featured on, I think I said that in the last intro, I was just featured on The Biscuit, so definitely go check out William over at The Biscuit, who also inf- interviews, um, not not every time it's an enforcer, but he gravitates towards the enforcers and the rough stuff, and that's also the same for the Bucket Drop podcast, who actually just had Darren from 4th Line Voice on, he's had Dean Mayran, John Marasty on, uh, Bobby's doing a great job over there, so definitely go check his podcast out too. And if you want to get your current hockey stuff, definitely go check out the boys at get the gate. They do a great job. Excuse me. Although they haven't released an episode since like February, you bastards. So I don't know if you're listening, get on the horn boys. I don't know what you're doing. You're slacking. You got nothing but time now that you're all quarantined, Damn, but I know it. And (laughs) of course you got Dan, Paul and Kelly over at the obey the puck show where they cover kind of the current stuff. Um, I know it's getting kind of scarce for the boys who cover current hockey. So, um, you know, just hang in there. You know, maybe do some I don't know, do some episode specials. I guess kind of like I did the LNA special. Maybe like a, I don't know. Well, maybe just don't do a Lindros special like William over at the Biscuit with fourth line voice and just fifteen minutes of Lindros and the rest is drunken banter back and forth. <laughs> um, but no, you know, just go check out the other podcasts. It means a lot to us as as you know, the smaller podcasts. We we're not we're not paid to do this. You know, we do this all on our own time for fun. So. Um, you know, any listen, every listen counts. I think and it's, it's always important to, you know, keep the little, cause there's, there's it's funny. There's a lot of podcasts out there that are huge and they're just fucking awful. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, I don't, I'm not saying, of course, I'm not saying my show is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I know some people probably listen to me and it's like this fucking idiot is just blabbering on, but, <laughs> uh, no, so just go check out the smaller podcast. You'd be surprised how much great stuff there actually is out there. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it in the uh, – I wouldn't steer you in the wrong direction. We'll put it that way. And so last but not least, check out the Five for Fighting podcast, um, you know, the Facebook page. Check it out. It's over there. You know, you search Five for Fighting podcast. It's there. Uh, the, the number five and then four fighting podcast on Twitter, five for fighting pod on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, and it's just spelled out five for fighting pod. And then, like I said, it's opposite on Twitter. So it's the number five and then four fighting pod. And then last but not least, definitely go check out the enforcer appreciation group. I just changed the name of it recently. Um, and plenty of former player. I can't even tell you how many former players are in there. Uh, even Kevin Kaminsky, John Marasty, God, the list goes on. I can't, like, it's, you know, I try to think, I do this every episode. I sit there and I'll tell you about it. I try to think of players. And I probably name the same ones because it's just like, I don't know, it's just rapid fire, you know? (laughs) So I try to think of them, but I can never come out with them. But, uh, you know, just send a join request and me me or a moderator will accept you in right away. Um, Until you want to be a jackass, we don't kick you out. (laughs) So we'll put it that way. But anyways, we're almost running on 10 minutes here. You guys came here for kevin kaminsky not to hear my dumbass blather on any longer so without further ado we will pass it over to kevin killer kaminsky uh stay safe everybody hope you guys aren't uh going stir crazy while you're being pent up in quarantine uh, thanks for listening hope you enjoy here's kevin everybody this should be good this should be very good All right, and on the 5 for Fighting podcast, we have a very special guest today. He was a man who managed to rack up 4,190 career penalty minutes from junior to his pro career and was also recently just named the SJHL Coach of the Year, one Mr. Kevin Killer Kaminsky. Kevin, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, Alex. How are you? oh i'm fantastic uh you know like we well we like we were talking about like we got going here we're kind of pent up for this this virus for this little shut-in we got going on here so um you know figured we sit around the sit around the tree and (laughs) kind of shoot the shit and see if we can get some stories out of you
1: yeah definitely i know i said i'm even a little more pent up with uh, dislocated shoulder and some torn muscles on a skidoo accident so but uh uh we're just uh like i said we're
0: we're in the house and just uh staying low yeah no kidding look at that man you're not even fighting anymore and you're still get, dislocating your shoulder man you can't catch a break <laughs> i know i i did not
1: need this to this body i'll tell you that right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> right um well man we'll, we'll hop right in it here so uh you know you were you were born in saskatchewan so up there in canada i know uh most of the time kids will kind of <laughs> be pretty much thrown on skates and tossed out onto the ice by the time they were able to walk. Was that kind of the same case for you, or did hockey come a little bit later for you?
1: No, I think uh, mom and dad had skates on me when I was 21, 21 months. Oh, wow. There you yeah. go. And uh, and I was still the worst skater in the NHL when I got there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, no, yeah, no, you know what? It was just uh, – it's, it's a way of life here in, in Saskatchewan. Uh, every – whether, you know, my hometown 900 people or the next one over, Breadbury has 300 people or where my brother uh, coaches or teaches school, the next town, Langenberg, where Kelly Buckberg is from, you know, they've got 1,500 people. They have a skating rink. And down the road, uh, Jeff Odgers, you know, half an hour from Langenberg. I mean, it, God, I don't even know how many people are there. Maybe a couple hundred. They have a skating rink. You know, it's just – uh it's just a way of life that uh, everyone or every kid has an opportunity to play. Um, and then obviously I loved it and, uh, you know, had some dreams and, uh, and
0: fulfilled them. Right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's uh, it's funny how that works up there in Canada, you know. Like, y- you have all these small towns, you like you just said. Countries. Um and whether the population is like 300 people or you know 200 people, there's always a rink there. And then like down here in in Florida, we have you know Tampa population up to over hundred thousand people and we, we I think we have maybe two or three rinks in the area. So you'd think there'd be a lot more but up there in Canada, of course, you know it's like every every hundred people town gets a gets a skating rink. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's, I don't know it just. Uh... I think it's pretty cool that, uh, you have that opportunity and obviously this is, you know, hockey's Canada's game and, um, it, it, it's interesting because I'll tell you what, like, I think I remember back in the day with my older brother playing, me playing and my sister doing figure skating, God, what was it? I think 360 bucks for the whole year, Wow! You know, and that, and that, and that included, uh, You know, all your practices and and included uh, um, just public skating. You know, if you you paid your stuff in full, I mean that's that's what it was. And you you know what it is today. I mean, you know, kids uh, playing. You know, said well when I coached in Fresno, what was it? Uh, Seventy-five hundred to play plus billet or billet fees and everything else. So quite quite the change. You know, from a small town to uh, you know getting to the bigger cities or 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 even you know what even triple a when i moved to play triple a in saskatoon i mean i was fortunate i know i played with the blazers and uh the saskatoon Blades actually paid my paid my billet fees and but also you know we did a bunch of uh fundraising you know bingos and bottle drives and some you know raffle tickets and all that stuff and i know that goes on today but but people don't seem to have the time to do that so they just pay it right up front you know
0: right yeah it's it's crazy how expensive hockey has gotten um I mean, I think that's some of the reasons some people don't even play anymore is because it just gets so expensive. Um, I know even just beer league for me, I mean, not that we're, we're, you know, top tier professionals, but I mean, just for a season. And I mean, the season lasts, I think, two and a half, three months. It's like three hundred twenty five bucks just for the season. So it's just like, man, and that's not even equipment. Of course, you know, I'm not flying through flying through equipment like a. Pro would, of course, but you know it's still an expensive sport. I can only imagine what it's like with, uh, you know, people who have kids and how they're getting into the sport now and how just how expensive everything is.
1: Oh, I agree. I I know I played. You know what? I I played a little bit uh, beer league myself. We all end up in the same league eventually, right? Right. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I don't know if I'd be (laughs) in the
0: same league as you guys, but
1: (laughs) yeah. Oh, oh, god, no. I'm, I'm, I'm. uh, I just like to go and have a little fun and throw some sauce and, and, and meet, and meet the people in, uh, in the community, you know, and, and, and build relationships that way. That's, that's what I like to, to do it for. And, and like I said, just have a little fun, get a little sweat and, and, and enjoy, uh, uh, the people in the community. Um, but yeah, like I, I like even sticks today, man, like I, uh, I, I can't afford a stick, man. Like that's 300 bucks a pop. I mean, it's ridiculous the way the equipment is, uh, uh, they sell today. I mean good thing uh, I still have my my shin pads from the Capitol day so uh, I'm not, I, I still have my elbow pads and my helmet. I I don't uh, I can't afford that uh, expensive stuff today.
0: Right. Yeah, just stick with the uh, the Sherwood PMP 5030s <laughs> you'll be all right. <laughs> yeah.
1: You can, you can hack and whack
0: with those those don't break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um I'm still waterlogged. You're right. Exactly yeah well it's funny because you know you they're they're still pretty light i have a uh i mean i only know this because i it's it's i have a what is it, a a game used like uh chris nylon uh sherwood and i mean even for for being a wooden stick it's still pretty light and, you know i I see people even still use it in beer league and I would use it if I didn't, I was lucky enough to get like a package deal for my pad. So a stick was included, but I mean, that's probably what I would buy. There's no sense in me going out and getting hell. I wouldn't even pay a hundred bucks for a stick. Probably. <laughs> There's just no point.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I totally agree, man. It's, uh, just give me an old straight blade, uh, Gordy house stick. I'll <laughs> use that. That's good enough for me.
0: There you go. Throw a couple elbows while you're at it. <laughs> um, exactly. Well, you know, getting into your career a little bit so you end up uh you end up with the Saskatoon Blades. How did that kind of happen Were you uh were you playing in a different league cuz of course, you know, I do I like to do research on my guests beforehand. So, I can only see pretty much from your career starting when the dub back in 84, but were you playing in a different league then or did you just kind of get drafted by the Blades? Well, back
1: then we didn't have a draft, so they just had uh a protection list and um I was, still playing, I was still playing in Churchbridge, actually. My, my, my brother was on uh, the blade list, and when I, uh, well, as a 14-year-old, if you go, if they put you on as a 14-year-old, you take two spots up on that list instead of one. And um, and there was uh, uh, obviously uh, a great mentor in my hometown who scouted for the blades, Huey Scobie. And uh, you know he uh, passed uh, about a year and a half ago, I think. Um, you know he was uh, like I said a great mentor to me. He he uh, taught me a lot about uh, a lot about the game and uh, playing it the right way. Um, you know, playing a good 200 foot game they call it call it today, um, or, or both both sides of the ice, right? And uh, um. You know, and, and Brian Trache we talked about him um, one of my idols growing up. Uh, you know, Val Marie Saskatchewan, and um, I, I think he, I think to, for myself, he's the best two way centerman to ever play the game. Um, six Stanley Cups. I mean, he was always on uh, in the D zone coverage. Always uh, late in the game, he was always taking the draw, and he was always winning the draw you know, he punished guys through hits, but he always got the fucking set up bossy for goals, right? Um, so, yeah, he was just, uh, uh, like I said, Huey, Huey was a great mentor, and he taught me a lot about the game, and, and uh, I followed, like I said, Brian Crouchy's uh, career, and then also growing up, when I moved to Saskatoon, I, I got to watch uh, Wendell Clark play, and, I, and I, I played a little bit with him when I was, uh, when I got called up when I was a 15-year-old, but um, I love I loved Wendell, you know. He's my other idol. I got two idols, Brian and Wendell. And, and Wendell, uh, to watch him, not only, you know, he played defense back with the Blades. He, uh, but he was unbelievable skater. Uh, you know how he can hit, and then obviously he can score. He could do it all. But uh, when he fought man, it was uh, it was electrifying. And right. that's kind of so I kind of rounded my. Game, you know, Troche and 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 Wendell, uh, you know, to have put up good points, but also, I love that other part of the game to fight whoever, you know.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you you definitely did it. That's for sure. Um, and of course, we'll get into some of but, those guys. Uh, I was right. gonna, I was gonna ask for for when you played with Wendell, could you kind of see it early on? I mean, I know you said you only played a few games. Uh, with him on the Blades but did you could you just tell like this guy's he's going places like he's gonna be he's gonna be fucking awesome when he gets to the NHL could you kind of see that early on in his junior days
1: oh god yeah like I said uh you know whenever whenever the Blazers the AAA Blazers weren't playing I was always watching uh uh the Blades home games you know and and like I said just uh like I said just what he did everything he did was Hundred uh, percent, you know, he was he. Uh, like I said, I, like he hit the hurt. He would jump in the rush, score goals, and and fight anybody. And uh, and then, like you said, I, I think yeah, World Juniors, he had that big hit, you know, behind the net. Uh, I can't remember what game it was, but it changed. I think they won the gold medal. Um, you know, and so yeah, so you knew. You, yeah, you you could just see. You, you knew he was going uh, going places, and uh, he was just, uh, well, you can look at his career. I mean, he just uh, he was just a warrior, you know, day in and day out.
0: Absolutely, yeah. and of course, you know, Wendell went on to have an awesome career and is still regarded as, like, one of the best Leafs of all time. So, um, I mean, I'm a huge Wendell fan myself, so that's awesome that you actually got to play with him as well. Um, you know, moving on a little bit with the blades here. So, I mean, just this roster alone that you had <laughs> is ridiculous. So, you had yourself and this was the 86-87 season. You led the team in penalty minutes by the way. You had uh you had 325, so you were you were pretty busy yourself. Unfortunately, I don't have your fight card for juniors. I'd love to get into that. Um, but the people you had on the blades, you had Kelly Chase, you had Wendell's brother, you had Kerry on the team, and then you also had, of course, legendary tough guy Tony Twist. So you had the St. Louis Bruise brothers before they became the uh, <laughs> the Bruise brothers in St. Louis. What was it like playing with that? I mean, just that trio alone. What was it like playing with those boys?
1: Well, yeah, and I, I, and just before that, I want to get into that. Before uh, I said, remember, I got put on the I got put on the blade this when I was fourteen. Well, I, so I took up two spots, so I took my brother off one of the spots, <laughs> so, but you know what, he, uh, um, I tell you what, he, my brother Sheldon, he, uh, he could play, he was, a, and he, he, he could dangle in a phone booth, uh, score, uh, I mean, all that stuff, and, and he was tough too, and plus he was a lefty, so he surprised a lot of guys, but. He just, uh, he didn't have the passion as, like I did. Uh, I think he's probably going to retire here. But I think it's just gonna, this next year is going to be his 30th year teaching school. Um, you know, so he went a different path. But I, that, that was just a little, kind of a fun little story I tell with me taking my brother off the protected list uh, <laughs> you know, when I turned 14. so
0: little brotherly um, love.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, and there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that uh but then yeah back to uh back to the roster i mean uh yeah you had uh you know chaser was just a stand up guy that uh, he was a leader um you know he uh he was really good in the locker room um and then then his counterpart uh, you know uh the Bruise brother uh, uh tony twist the twister um yeah i mean it was uh like I said he you know it's was so funny because i think back in the day they said well how do you guys break out when twister's playing on the back end and they would just said he would just uh, face the board and shuffle the shuffle the puck along the feet till he got to the blue line because no one would touch him <laughs> right cuz you know how he, well, i suppose he wasn't very good with the puck right but but no twister twister was a character uh, he was tough as they come um Love to do his role, obviously, um, you yeah, know, and and again, just a great team guy. And then Terry uh, Clark, uh, who we become really good friends. Um, you know, we we played together after the Blades. We played together in uh, a couple of years later at the uh, Portland Pirates. They're both uh, both signed by the Capitals and, and the Pirates, and uh, we won the Calder Cup together that the first year there in Portland, Maine. With um, Washington farm team, and uh, we were roommates together up there, and uh, we were just texting the other day. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's a police officer in Toronto, and uh, you're, you're not going to get a better guy than than Sharkey. Sharkey is one of a kind, um, the nicest person. He'll do anything for you, um, you know. And and the the crazy thing is like before games he'll go over and talk to the other team's tough guys and visit with them, but then he'll fight them twice that night. Um, that, to me, I was, that was baffling because to me, I, I, hated everybody and I, I ain't talking to anybody and you know, what? If we're going, we're going, you know, but, uh, but yeah, Sharky, uh, Sharky is, uh, just an awesome dude that, uh, You know, he knew his role, and and he did it very, very well wherever he uh, played as well.
0: Right? Yeah, and it's it's something that's kind of missing in the game today, especially. You see, everybody—it's like everybody—it's like cocktail hour at the blue line, or excuse me, at the red line during warmups now. So it's uh, it's definitely different, that's for sure. And especially back then in the old dub, uh, that was an absolute jungle. Like, I mean, was it comparable to almost to like going to war every night, man? Like, because. Back then, it was, it was just like every team had almost three or four guys. Like you guys, like you said, we had Chase, Clark, and Twist, along with yourself on there. And those are just—that's not even the middleweights. That's pretty much just the heavyweights, you know. So, you know, what was kind of the atmosphere going into a game back in the old WHL?
1: Well, I'll tell you what—I don't like said we we played in the old barn down. We called it the old barn downtown, and uh, I, I think teams hated to come in to play us. Um, because uh they probably knew they were going to get uh you know it i guess on beat up on the scoreboard but they knew they were going to get you know abused uh physically as well and and, and uh, they were wherever they were going next whether it was home or or down the road to Prince Albert I mean they they knew they were going to their i guess their uh uh, their they're cooler it was full of full of ice bag ready ready for them to be put on when they got on the bus you know um, so yeah I don't think anybody liked to come to play us in the old barn um, and you know what but it was just like same thing in, uh, like Prince Albert I mean who did they have they had oh gosh you know Darren Kimball um, well I know just before that you know Dave Manson Baumgartner uh, Rod Dahlman um Man, the list goes on and on. It's just you know, but that's that's the way it was. Just as you said, everyone had four or five guys that uh, that were heavyweights, and um, and and everyone else uh, in between could fight as well. So it was like you said, yeah, it was it was a war every night. I mean, it was it was a survival of the fittest, man.
0: Right? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Other team would have ice bags waiting on the bus. That's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> So you know, by this point, you're, you know, you, I guess you're still technically a kid because you'd be in the dub. Um, you know, did you kind of really embrace that role that you you kind of knew if you wanted to get into the NHL, you'd kind of have to fight your way there a little bit, or even just to kind of thrive in hockey? Like, did you did you really embrace the role at this point?
1: Well, for me, you know what I I I, I embraced it. I loved it, but the coaching and staff and even you know, even my line mates Jack Bocas, um, you know, and, and Kelly Chase, like, the, and, and the GM Daryl Lubinicki would tell me, he says, "Killer, we got guys to fight, man. Like, we need you to put up points." You know, and and I, I think I did that. Um, you know, and and I was, you know, and Jack Bocas, uh, uh, you know, he's he's fighting for his life right now with cancer, um, but he was. We, we, we had a connection on a line uh when i played with him and you uh, know well, we were just we were talking not too long ago um, and and he just said like killer he said if you you would have just played played the game and and, and our line did what we did he said you would have had just as many points as Joe sackett um but i but again i i freaking loved the other part of the game too much you know like, I, I love to, you know, hit the hurt, and I, I don't care how big you are. I love the challenge, and I'm going to freaking bust you up. That was my mentality, you know? And, uh, you know, there's uh, a lot of times I think about it. Uh, you know what? You know, the way, my, the way my body is right now, I wish uh, maybe I would have listened just maybe 10% and played the game, you know, a little (laughs) bit more with my, a little bit more with my uh, finesse and, uh, and skill and, and all that stuff. But, but again, like I said, uh, you know, and I was thinking, you know, to get to the NHL, to be a top six, you have to be an elite player pretty much, you know? And could I have done that? Probably not. Uh, Maybe a third line, if I would have, you know, worked on more of my skill set and everything else that might have been a possibility, but I accepted my role as a fourth liner. Um, you know, you, you, uh, I know you just, you don't, you know, you don't get the ice time. Right. So now, like I said, if I would have tried it the other way with my skill set, maybe I wouldn't have even, uh, made it to the NHL. I know there's a lot of guys that had better skill set than I did that didn't have that opportunity to play because they they were just missing something, you know. But right. uh, fortunately, fortunately for myself, I had that other part of the the game that uh, you know um, that I love to do. Uh, you know, get uh, get people off their game. Um, I, obviously I loved to, I had the anticipation. I, I love to look for the big hit. Um, and I had that anticipation, um, for that. Um, and then again, just to, uh, I don't know just to, uh, turn the tables. If we were down, you know, like I said, we, when I was in Washington, we, our, our games were a, a lot of close games, you know, like we had, you know, Peter Bondra and Pavanka, you know, a few guys that could score, but we didn't have that scoring power where we were we could get up 5-2 or 6-1 where I get to play a little bit more. Third period is 3-2. Well, I, I I probably ain't getting out on the ice, you know. So, but like I said, if it was 4-3 the other way and, and in the third period and we needed to change the tables um, or change the momentum, you know, I went out there and I tried to, uh, again, look for that big hit or get someone off their game hopefully take a uh, someone take a retaliatory penalty on me. We get a power play, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, and and, and there's a game that sticks out and I was I on a uh, paper clipping. Uh, we were playing in, uh, in, in Florida, uh, against the Panthers. And, uh, we were down, I think four to one, uh, going into the third and I thought Paul lost and, uh, it was a hell of a fight. And, uh, we came back and we won 5-4 in overtime. And, uh, you know, I remember Pat Teak saying that, hey, uh, Kevin Kaminsky gets the win for this one. He went out and put his body on the line and got the momentum change and we responded, you know. Um, so that, you know, to me, that's I guess that's even better than scoring a goal. You know, it looks, doesn't look as good on the stats, but, uh, you know, I appreciate the teammates, you know. You, you get rewarded for the type of player that you are and what your role is too
0: right and you know looking at your stats here man you definitely put up some serious points especially in in junior you almost had 100 points one season you were actually one off you, were, you had 99 points so um, and i think that's something people yeah don't. If, I, if i wouldn't
1: if i wouldn't have got suspended for 12 games i, I probably would have <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you win some you lose some <laughs> um, right right and, you know, like you were saying with momentum, it's like that people don't understand that a fight can actually change a game. And, you know, I I know I my credibility is probably not quite there because, of course, I've never played in the NHL or played professional hockey. But based off of what, you know, every other guy I've interviewed, and they always say this momentum, it really can change a game. And a lot of people go out there on Twitter or Facebook, whatever, and, no. oh, that's, that's bullshit, that, that doesn't exist. And it really does, though, you know, and – a guy like yourself, you know, you you can change a game, and it's um, it's unfortunate maybe sometimes you don't get the right ice time because, like you said, it all depends. It's a, it's kind of game situation depending, um, and that's another thing people don't realize. They oh, he was Kaminsky or something, like you know, just an example was a plug or whatever. Well, when you're getting right. you know four minutes of ice time because of the game. you it's kinda of hard to go out there and score. Look like how much ice time, I don't know, Sidney Crosby gets. Why do you think he's putting up so many points? No, I'm not saying he wouldn't put up points if he got three minutes because he probably would, because it's well, it's Sidney Crosby. Um but once you kinda of get pigeonholed into that role a little bit, it's almost a little bit harder. But, you know, it's it's awesome that you still actually embraced it and you really you know, you you knew your role and you, whenever the team needed it, you were actually you put it out on the line. Like you said, and you fought Laos, man. Paul Loos, that's he's no slouch at all and it's actually probably one of the most underrated fighters out there. He doesn't get enough credit in my opinion. Um sure. but yeah, Laos was a killer and you know, you go out there and put your well-being on the line for the boys and look at that you rallied them back to a uh, to a victory. So, um you know, it's to say that that momentum doesn't change because of a fight is kind of it's ignorant in my opinion, but um yeah, that's awesome, man. <laughs> that's great that you actually have the newspaper clipping too. That's pretty funny. Um you know, so well. M- moving on a little bit, actually. Well, before we move on to your first call up with the North Stars after being drafted, you had a fight, and it's actually out there on YouTube. And for those uh, listening, you can go watch it afterwards. Um, it's not your; it won't be your last meeting with them. But you had an awesome fight with Ty Domi um, in the WHL. What was it like fighting uh, fighting Ty back then?
1: Well, you know what I mean. We're so that's at that Memorial Cup. We were hosting yep. Memorial Cup that year.
0: And, uh, you know,
1: you, so there's the four teams, Swift Current, Saskatoon, uh, LaValle and, uh, and Peterborough. So, you know, you, you get kind of, uh, you, you get their history from your coach and staff, you know, you go over all the, the teams and the players and, and, and you hear about Ty, this short, tough guy that, uh, you know, heard he hadn't lost a fight in the OHL and, um, so I, I had it in my sights that, uh, we were going to go, you know, um, I don't know if he knew me or not, but, uh, uh, you know, especially in front of, uh, the home crowd in Saskatoon here that, uh, um, you know, again, it just kind of happened that, uh, I, I seen the puck being rimmed around and I was kind of halfway between the blue and the red and, and, uh, Ty was going, going down to get it. And, um, I I try I try to time it and go for the big hit. And he's he's sturdy. He's he's solid. He's a solid boy. And kind of just uh, I I didn't knock him over, but we he looked at me and, and you know I could just see it in his eye. He goes, what are you doing, you little effer, you know? And uh, so we just we dropped the gloves and, and away we went. So so uh, yeah, it was a good tilt. And uh, like I said, I this is my first time back living in Saskatchewan. Um, actually since, since then, you know, since the Memorial cup, um, and when, and whenever I used to come back, uh, whether in the summers or whatever, and come for a visit that, uh, I, I mean, till this day, everyone asks me if they still talk about that Domi fight, the best ever and, and, all that stuff. So yeah, it's pretty cool. And then what, what's really cool is, is that in 2013, the blades hosted it again and the Blades brought in all the 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 team that lost to Swift Kearns in overtime, brought us all back for the Memorial Cup. And, and obviously Ty's boy, Max, was playing. And um, so anyway, we were, after the first night, we were down in Saskatoon at Hudson's. And uh, I was with my uh, cousin and, and his girlfriend. And then my, my old roommate, Dean Holine, he comes walking in walking over to us, and he goes, killer, look what I found, and here it's uh, Ty Domi, so we hit it off and until this day uh, we, we talk, we still talk off and on, and uh, um, yeah, so it's pretty cool, just kind of you know you know how, how small the hockey world is, that uh, you know, we were enemies at one point uh, back in 89, and, and in the NHL we fought a few times, but then uh, you know, 2013 rolls around, and now we've become good, good buddies, you know? So it's, it's pretty cool.
0: Right. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It's, it always seems to work out that way. I know uh, like Chris Nylon just had Dave Brown on his radio show. And of course they had a, a crazy brawl uh, in the pregame back in 87 between the Flyers and the Canadians. And he, you know, here's Nylon having Dave Brown on, on his radio show. <laughs> so um, it's funny how that all kind of works out, but uh, yeah, that, that fight you had with Domi, that was a, that was a, just an absolute slugfest. There was no defense there between you. <laughs> no, nope,
1: No, it was all offense. That's and, for sure. Uh, I, I, to this day, I don't think you can hurt Ty. Man, he's got a hard head.
0: <laughs> it probably hurt your hands <laughs> more than anything.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, my hand was bleeding like crazy just from, I think I punched him 27 times. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he got, a, got a hard head and it he was tough to, uh, I, I, I I think I buckled him a little bit, but never got him down, so... But, yeah, he's, he's a great dude, and obviously, uh, you know, talking about doing the role, he, he did a hell of a job uh, with with wherever he went and did his role, too.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Ty, I mean, hell, over 1,000 career games played, and he's part of the... Uh, well, he yeah, has the most career fights in the NHL, too, so uh, Ty definitely went on to have an awesome career as well. Um, you know, so you get called or excuse me, not called up. You get drafted by Minnesota in the, the 87 draft and you go 48th overall. What was that kind of like getting getting drafted? You know, like, was that, was that just an awesome feeling or did you just, did you kind of just take it with a grain of salt? And you were like, well, maybe here we go. I'm gonna have to fight a little bit more.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. You know what? It's so I've told this story many times. It's crazy that, uh, uh, you know what? I, I, for some reason I can't remember and you might know I had to go they they put a rule in where I had to go in the first three rounds so I didn't my my, Donnie me and said well you're probably not gonna you're probably not gonna go in the draft because you have to go in the first three rounds and you're not touted that so you can either stay home or you can come so I I stayed home I I stayed home and actually uh, it was crazy we were uh, my billet uh, Jim Johnson He uh, Was ru- He was running A fastball team And so I started Playing I-, I played baseball But I When I Was living with them I I, uh, I-, I started playing Fastball And uh, we were in Regina And I think it was I don't know 11 o'clock game Or something And We were uh, We played And we were Sitting around uh, In the parking lot Uh Chatting, having a beer, and then uh, we all decided, well, let's go back to the hotel and get changed and go for a bite to eat. And then on our way, on our way to the hotel, Big Brian Glenn was also playing. Um, you know, another former Blade and the uh, Calgary Flame and Hartford Whaler. Um, and, uh, the, he turns the radio on, and the radio says, "Now drafted uh, from the WHL," and it starts going first round, second round, and third round, and and number 48 overall from your saskatoon blade kevin kaminsky and so big glenner looked at me he's driving and he you know he's six foot five he turns up turns over he goes he punches me in the shoulder he goes killer you just got drafted and i said yeah i guess i did uh and that that's that's how i found out i got drafted
0: <laughs> there you go
1: <laughs> uh-huh yeah so it was uh i mean you know what like i said uh I think it's kind of pretty cool that, uh, you know, you weren't supposed to go in the first three rounds and, and man, even today I look at that 48th overall, that's, that's pretty damn good. You know,
0: you're, you're damn right. It is.
1: Um, <laughs> um so yeah, so, I mean, it's, uh, kind of, kind of proud of that. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, actually when I was 19, then when I turned 19 before, before the Memorial cup year, I, I made, I made Minnesota, um, when I was 19 and uh, we were on a road trip and obviously I played my very first game in uh, in the Montreal form, which was obviously a thrill, you know, as a, as a kid growing up uh, Saturday night, uh, hockey night in Canada um, that that's what we did. Right. And um, you know, I, I remember just uh, uh, Montreal just being such a powerhouse and I, I remember the banners uh, up in the rafters. As a kid, when they scan them up there, you know, on TV, and and just the players that have gone through Beliveau and Larry Robinson and Guy Lafleur and Guy Lafleur, which uh, which I played with in Quebec, which was absolutely awesome. He was one dad's favorite player, so I got a stick signed by Guy Lafleur to my dad. And um, but yeah, just uh, just just the history and the form uh, and Thrilled to play there for your very first game was was totally outstanding. It was it was such a thrill.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Of course, you know they don't have the form anymore, but I got to go to the Bell Center last year, and I mean, just looking up in the rafters and you see all the banners and the jersey retired. It's it's like it's like the pinnacle of hockey. It's crazy to even think about. Um, So, man, what a what an experience that must have been. So. Uh, you know, well, you said you played with the Nordiques as well, and you had, uh, you had Guy LaFleur, of course. Um, what was it like playing with, um, with Paul Gillis there? Cause he put up some serious PIMS that year, too.
1: Oh, you're breaking up, Alex.
0: Oh, can you hear me all right now?
1: Like, what likes to playing with who?
0: Uh, Paul Gillis. Uh,
1: oh, Gilly. I tell you what, uh, um, Gilly was a, uh, I mean, he was he was a warrior too, man. He was uh, um, hard-nosed. He'd stick you. He'd cross-check you. He'd fight you. Um, but also he could, uh, you know, again, I, I thought Gilly was a uh, great work ethic, a uh, great teammate. Um, you know, he played both sides of the puck. Uh, but, yeah, just, just a char- character guy that, you know, from my little time that I was there, uh, I, I enjoyed Gilly a lot.
0: Absolutely. Um, Well, you know, we'll get into some of your fights here because, of course, I could go line by line. And uh, like I said, I wish I had your damn fight card for when you were uh, in like the AHL and the IHL. But unfortunately, I don't. But that being said, (laughs) here we go. We got we got your NHL fight. So we'll go through some of these here and then we'll we'll get back to the minors. So we'll kind of go out of order a little bit. But, you know, we're we're doing this. We're going rogue here. So um, the first fight you ever had was uh, with Gerald Ditta, correct? In the, N- it, well, in the NHL, at least, obviously, <laughs> um, you know, what was it like? Kind of get your getting your first NHL fight out of the way.
1: Well, yeah, I remember I got uh, got called back or called back up to Quebec, and uh, you know, just uh, you're trying to make a name for yourself. You're trying to do whatever it takes to to, to stick, you know. And um, I believe it was uh, it was coming around the net, and I went for the big hit and. We, we both collided. I think we both fell down and we looked at each other and, and away we went. I mean, but I tell you what, Gerald's a fricking big boy, man. Uh, and, and he was strong, but, uh, like I said, you got to do whatever you got to do to, um, you know, the easy part is getting there. The hardest part is to stay there. So, and that's what I was trying to prove that, uh, um, show my teammates and show the coaching staff that, uh, I, I meant business, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to uh, uh, to stay in the Nordiques lineup.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, that's I forget who it was that said, I think it was Luke Gazdick that said it in the, uh, the Ice Guardians, but he said the same thing. It's you know, it's it's hard getting there, but it's even harder to stay. And so, you know, you gotta. It's almost like you're just going, like I said, going to war every single night um, and just doing whatever you can to stay. And I mean, you know, you you did a pretty good job at that because you had you definitely had a few seasons in the NHL for sure, and that's more than anybody at what ninety nine percent of the population can say. So, uh, you definitely did it right, that's for sure. But. You know, another guy I wanted to ask you about and uh, he was also a pretty tough guy and you fought him once you got to the Capitals but uh, he was uh, Mike Peluso. What was it like fighting him? You know what? Mike was, uh, we played against
1: against each other in uh, uh, the eye. He was playing for Indianapolis. I was with Fort Wayne that year and and uh, that, was, uh, that was a big rivalry uh, there and finally finally uh, we fought in, in Indianapolis, and uh, I kind of got two quick ones in on them, and that was kind of it. And um, but you know what? I, like I said, I I think for guys that are, you know, what's what's my six four? Oh, I believe I, I so. Believe. Yeah, yeah, six three, six four. So you know what? I mean, those guys—they've uh, kind of got everything to lose when you're fighting a five foot nine guy, right? Um, so we really said he was in New Jersey. I, I would, you know, I, I try to call him on all the time, uh, every shift pretty much. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I think we fought, we, we fought once right in front of the net. Um, uh, finally I, I got to him and that was a good one. And then there was the one other time where I know we were down three to two and I think it was like 10 minutes left in the game. And, and uh, I, I think I hit someone and he came in and just kind of dropped his gloves and just kind of waited to see what I was going to do. And I kind of didn't do anything and he just started throwing. And, and I he hit me like four times and I went down, but we got a five-minute power play. But unfortunately, we didn't uh, capitalize on it. And I guess I wish I would have had that one back because – like I said, I, I think we only fought a couple times. So um, now that we didn't score on the power play, I wish I would have fought him that time too.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Uh,
1: but sometimes I get this, I get a crazy thought, and uh, you know what? Uh, you got to take some for the team here and try and try and win a game too. So, uh, but like I said,
0: unfortunately, uh, that time it didn't work out. Yep, exactly. Um, it's, the only, it's the only bad part about the power play. You can only do so much, but <laughs> the boys got a score for you, right. too. <laughs> um, another one I wanted to ask you about, man, and this one's pretty funny. And uh, Well, Hall of Famer and, you know, infamous hockey player, but you happened to fight Mark Messier when it was a line brawl with the Rangers that you guys had, and you're out there and you're – you tarps off, shirtless, completely down to the skin, and you were just trying everything you can to get away from the linesman to get at somebody, anybody on the Rangers. <laughs> what, what was going on at that time?
1: Well, you actually, you know what? And I, you know what? Like I said, I think, uh, well, we had Bruby out there. We had Tenorty And actually, I was already, just before that, before the whistle blew, I was going for a change. And actually, I had my foot up on on the bench already. And then whatever the whistle blew, and someone said, "Killer, get get to the pile." So I went to the pile, and I'm thinking, "Well, okay, Chief can handle himself, T- Tinner can handle himself, and I can't remember whoever else was out there." But so I just went and I, I just grabbed Messier. Just hey, I, I'm not gonna do anything, and I just wanted to kind of even things up, right? So um, so we kind of we kind of got off by ourselves, and the next thing I know, he threw the first punch. If he come over the top and I'm like, okay, well, screw you then. You know, like I, I respect your career. I mean, you're a hall of famer, man. I'm, I didn't want to do anything, but, um, you know, he, he threw the first punch, so it was on and, then that, uh, kind of scaled into, yeah, it was, uh, kind of a, you know, a big line brawl and, uh, I can't remember someone was, someone was from our team was kind of taking a few. So that's why I was trying to, trying I didn't get away from the linesman to to go help my uh, teammate out as well.
0: Right. And, and it's funny because it was the Rangers announcer and you're like, Oh, he's, he's just giving it to you <laughs> on the replay. Oh, that's, he's, uh, you know
1: who that is? That was John, John Davidson. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know what? I mean, that was yeah, like, uh, I didn't, whatever he, he said some things. Uh, I mean, I, I respected his career as a goalie, and uh, I think I used to be John Davidson when I was a kid. You know, in the, playing the street hockey,
0: <laughs> and there he is um, just, just carving you in the broadcast. Carving,
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Come yeah. on, man! Like, take a look at the video, man. I I respect the Hall of Famer Mark Messier, uh, but he threw the first punch, so uh, give me a little more
0: credit than that. <laughs>
1: well. <laughs> Luckily, all the
0: slime balls that listen to my podcast, we respect what you did. <laughs> so you got us for you. Yeah. Man. Oh man, yeah, he's yeah. sitting there and just oh Kaminsky's out here. He's just looking like a goofball now. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. just giving it to you. What's he
1: in this league? Get him out of here. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Um I, I, I wish I wish I would have had. Uh, a thing in my contract because I prolonged a lot of games that I would have got a percentage of the beer sales.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> um, well, your next, uh, your next year, man. You, this is probably my favorite year of your uh, your fights as far as the NHL goes for you. You fought, you fought some some tough, tough customers, and of course, you fought. This was round two with Domi that you had. Um, so you fought him the second time. What was it like fighting him? Did you did you go into it kind of the same style as uh, when you were in junior? Or did you did you have a different game plan at this point?
1: No, just when it's the uh, same thing as junior. I mean, I, I believe that was at the, at the Maple Leaf Garden. And, um, again, I think we just hit each other over by the side of the boards, benches kind of area and uh, looked at each other and, and away we went. So, um, that, that one wasn't as good. But, uh, but again, uh, you know, you're, you're on the road and... Uh, Showing showing your team that uh, you're going to be another be a warrior and uh, whatever change the momentum or keep the momentum and and uh, you know do whatever it takes to sacrifice the body to to get the win for the boys.
0: Absolutely, uh, and of course you fought. That was the year you fought Paul Lau. So uh, you know we went over that fight. That was a good one. And another tough tough customer you fought was Darren Langdon. What was it like fighting him?
1: i tell you what, Darren, uh, I think we played a little bit, uh, against each other. I think I was in Halifax and I think he was with, uh, Binghamton with the Rangers, I believe. Um, I don't think we, we ever did fight, uh, in the American league, but, uh, yeah, Darren, uh, uh, I'll tell you what, Darren, uh, had a hell of a career too. I mean, he, uh, I mean, he fought all the heavies. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he was tall and lanky and, uh, i think he i don't know yeah I was just uh like i said like I don't know people looked at uh the stats before the games and all that and you you knew who who was uh, the that third top guys and and you just gotta get uh gotta, gotta get prepared and get yourself ready to uh if the time comes that you got to do it you know and um like i said it was I don't like I said it was a, it was an honor to fight all these guys like uh, you know you're 59 and and uh I have what's Langdon 62 63 Oh yeah you're fighting uh, the animals man you know and uh I don't it just uh, like I said I I really I really enjoyed that challenge to fight uh, I I was and believe me Alex I'm no heavyweight at all like I'm uh you know maybe just uh, crazy little bit tough middleweight at the best, you know, but, but like I said, I, I really enjoyed that part of the game and I, I embraced it and, I uh, loved that challenge to fight anybody Well, they were pretty much all bigger, maybe except for Ty, Ty might have been five, nine, two, but, um, you know, like I said, it was, uh, uh, like I said, it was, it was an absolute honor to fight all those boys back in the day. You know? Oh yeah,
0: for sure um another one you fought and of course he he, he tagged you with one but you know it's with his disappearing sweater act he, he also fought rob ray what was uh what was it like were you trying to get your sweater off as well or you just kind of uh, i'm sure it was was it really that easy to pull the sweater off too was it pretty much like just one pull and the whole thing just comes off
1: yeah it was i tell you what i, I you know what i i, I got i just watched that fight not someone one of the boys brought brought that fight up on YouTube, or whatever. And we were watching and And I, I think I, at the start, I hit him with a couple. And then he kind of bent over and in his, in his Jersey. And uh, he had the, I think he had his shoulder pads sewn in with his Jersey. And then he had the old, the old school shoulder pads. I think since he had since Peewee man, uh, there was nothing left to him. Um, as for me, I, I had the big Donzie cause I had bad shoulders, you know, um, so mine was, sometimes mine would slip off good. Sometimes it would get caught with my elbow pads and everything else. But uh, um, I remember that one time, and, and when his jersey came off, I'm like, I should have just skated away or, or turtled because he, he did hit me with a couple that, that time there, too, man. In fact, he, uh, he, he tagged me. He tagged me with a couple of good ones, I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, oh, well, yeah it's funny because for his size man you know people will say oh rob ray wasn't that good of a fighter he almost had more knockouts after the the jersey rule kind of came into play and he, he knocked out some big dudes he knocked out bonvi uh a couple others uh who was it i think it was webb that he knocked out before as well so um yeah rob ray man he was uh he definitely had he had a little bit of thunder in his hand that's for sure um he he, did,
1: was, uh, he was he could throw hard better. and like you said once he got that jersey off you know you you don't have any leverage to throw back to him and he still got a hold of yours, you know, he can, he can unleash on you. And, and he did, you know, he was, he was uh, well, smart fighter or, uh, with the Jersey coming off, I think he was the one who kind of, kind of got all that going, you know? So, but yeah, he was, uh, he was, a, he was a tough customer, man.
0: Right. Uh, speaking of jerseys, I wanted to ask you too, did you ever do anything like, uh, <laughs> You know, jersey wise, you like tighten your sleeve, shorten your fight strap. Did you ever do any modifications to your jersey?
1: No, I didn't. I didn't. No, I uh, uh, kind of just played by the rules. This, uh, um, I, well, I, I used to have my fight strap and done up, and I think back in junior too, in the front we would do a, uh, you would put a quarter in your jersey and tie a yep. uh, lace around you know, around the quarter and then you would tie it on the front of your pants too. So, so that Jersey wouldn't get halfway, you know, over your head or anything. Um, so, so yeah, no. So mine, I, I said, I, I used to wear a, a tie strap on the back. Uh, but then once that, you know, you seen Rob Ray, Rob Ray doing the, uh, Houdini Jersey show that, uh, I started doing it too, you know,
0: Absolutely. Uh, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you about too is so it, I think it was Matthew Barnaby that had posted a picture of it, and it was it was stated that it was your helmet that had like cuts in the front of it. <laughs> was that was that true, or is that something just made up?
1: No, that's true. I uh, I would take a scalpel uh, and dig it into the plastic, then I would peel the plastic back a little bit. You know, so if you Punched me on the one side, and and you kind of just missed. why they, the you would just scrape your knuckles all to all the hell uh, by hitting the little plastic, uh, you know, divots that I made in the in the helmet.
0: Ooh, that's rough. I I I
1: I, I think I think that helmet should be in the Hall of Fame, but oh hell yeah, I'm, it I'm sure be. they. I uh, but I'm sure they got something to uh, to defer about it. So
0: oh, I'm but sure I, I still now.
1: I, I just, Yeah, I still got my helmet like that. um, Actually, I just uh, I was wearing it for beer league actually, so
0: (laughs) in case anybody wanted to play (laughs) fuck around. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's fantastic. Uh, Yeah, it's funny because I think I had posted that once. I saw that with uh, Barnaby, I'd posted it in the Facebook group by the little enforcer group (laughs) we have. And you know somebody Oh that's dirty I'm like man You don't know how much shit Guys were doing back then To do in, To oh, get an edge God, Because yeah. it was every Everybody did something To get an edge Whether it was putting Vaseline all over your face So people couldn't cut Your punches Would slide off I know guys would put Vaseline around the collar So you couldn't Get a grip And then of course You had Rob Ray With the jersey And oh there was So many different tricks That you could do Well you had the skin toughener Put on the knuckles too right
1: Yep Have you I don't know if you ever Heard of that like like if you knew you were gonna fight like I know back in junior we had the skin toughener right there on the bench and if you were gonna fight the next shift you put so spray the skin toughener on your knuckles and if you catch someone right right in the cheek whatever it it just tears your skin right apart because it it's so sticky you know oh yeah for sure So
0: what yeah the, uh... so
1: I mean yeah there's there's so many tricks of the trade whether you twister used to just lightly sew up his uh, right arm sleeve you know um so if someone grabbed him it would just rip the the thread would just rip you know so um oh yeah all kinds of stuff to, to uh i don't know to give yourself that edge just as you said
0: absolutely yeah one of the one of the craziest ones I heard uh, it was from a guest on here his name was Mark McFarlane uh, and it was Kerry Toporowski back in the UHL he used to put like oh man well I think it was like icy hot in his glove and would just like give somebody a face wash full of icy hot I'm like oh fuck that's brutal um, nice. yeah exactly
1: I, I I know Mark a little bit and uh, uh, well yeah he was with Swift Curtain when they beat us in the Mall Cup but uh, but that's the first time I've heard of that. So oh, there you yeah. go.
0: <laughs> exactly. There's always, yeah. there's always stuff coming out of what guys would do. Um, so yeah, I don't, I personally, I don't hold it against you, man. Just throwing it out there. I know some people, you know, that, Oh, that's dirty or whatever. Yeah. Fuck off. It was, it was a, like the wild West back in the day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I know. I, I, I remember when Barnaby, cause I actually, you know what? I,
1: barnaby was at kelly chase's fantasy camp in saskatoon and that's the first time i've met him since the since ever you know and uh, we were, we got drafted on the same team so it was good he's he's hilarious man um i didn't have to tell any stories because he told them all um uh, but he he uh, yeah when he posted it i was just i was just laughing at all the comments you know um it was it was hilarious just uh, some people loved it and, Some people despised it, so
0: whatever. they just thought it was the worst thing ever. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, man, moving on, you know, another guy that you fought, and, of course, greatest enforcer of all time and is, you know, renowned, even in today's NHL, people still know his name. Uh, You happened to fight Bob Probert. What was it like fighting the the GOAT, as they say?
1: Well, that was – that was – man, that was awesome. Um, You know, I I remember – and then I think the story just came out. I think Keith, uh, Keith Jones, um, I can't, I can't remember. We were sitting on the bench and, and the lo- face off was in the neutral zone dot and, and Jonesy said something and Prober turned around and says I got someone for you. I got killer here. He says, he'll go. Yeah. And I said, okay. Oh, thanks Jonesy. But, but before that, before the game though, before the game, um, you know, I, I knew Proby was towards the end of his career. And uh, so I was actually, me and Ole, we roomed together one year, my first year, or I guess first full year there with Washington. And we were sitting beside each other, and I was just kind of in my stall, and I was just getting prepared and getting so focused. And I'm just kind of, and Ole kind of he goes, killer you are, right? And I, go, I go. Yeah, you okay? I go. Yeah, I'm good. He Goes, man. How come I'm so serious? tonight? he goes. I'm. That I'm fighting the legend tonight. He goes. Proby. I go. Yeah. He goes. No, you're not. I said. Yeah. I said. I gotta say, I fought the legend. You know. I said. Uh, uh, I loved the way he played. Uh, played the game. Forty goals and, and one of the best fighters. Uh, uh, I guess one of the, one of the best fighters, but one of the most offensive fighters and take punches and just keep going, you know, like that's, that's everyone's kind of fighter's dream is to have that long killed man, just back and forth, back and forth. And, and to all his fights, well, not all his fights because he would knock guys out, but a lot of, a lot of his fights were like that, you know? And, um, so yeah, so it was, uh, he was, you know, he was in Chicago, obviously that, that time. And, uh, Um, it was during, uh, he tried to cut across the blue line the one time and, and I, I was tracking or back checking back and kind of see me at the last and I just, he kind of just got out of the way and I kind of hit his arm and his stick went flying. Right. And, uh, then I think it was a couple of shifts later, we hit each other by our benches and the way we went at her. So I know it wasn't the longest fight against Proby, um, but I, you know, um, as a kid that, uh, as a kid that growing up to watch him and, and then have an opportunity to say you fought the legend, man, it's, uh, it's one of the, you know, it's one of the highlights or, uh, whatever you want to call it in, in, in my, uh, in my story, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's fantastic that, uh, you know, five foot nine kid that, uh, didn't get much ice time in the NHL, but, uh, Say he fought the legend, and uh, you know I was a, it was a happy customer after the game. I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta be a special kind of person to sit there and say you were happy after he took some punches from Bob Probert. <laughs> That's Obviously, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, man, I so just gotta. Different- c- I got a couple oh, go more ahead. guys for. Oh, I was gonna say I just got a couple more guys for you here, and then I got a couple fan questions actually because I, you know, I run the little Facebook group, and so a couple people asking uh, asking questions for you. But I figured I'd just ask you about a couple more guys. You know, I don't want to keep you too too long. So, um, you know, another guy. So the next year you happened to fight another the uh, old Cruz missile, another tough guy, Paul Cruz. What was it like fighting him?
1: Yeah, you know what. Um... Well, Cruiser played in Kamloops uh, with the Blazers, and
0: also uh, oh, did you fight in Junior?
1: You know what? No, we didn't. Uh, he, I think he was a little bit younger, and uh, um, and I, I, for some reason, you know, I, I don't know, he didn't want to fight me um, at that time, whatever. But but yeah, he was playing with the Islanders, and uh, they, uh, you know, again, uh, another big boy that's. Uh, uh, he's freaking solid, man. That, uh, um, you no, know, I can't, I've, I've seen, I, I know I've, I've got that fight on tape, but I can't really, I know it's in the corner, but I can't remember how it all started. Uh, whether there was a scrum before and he came in or, or it was during the play and we just dropped. I can't remember, but, but yeah, like I said, uh, um, man, just, uh, a uh, big boy and and uh, uh, another another notch in the belt, I guess you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's one way to look at it. That's for <laughs> sure. After Survi- all these animals,
0: Sur- <laughs> survived another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got out, got out somewhat unscathed here. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, the last guy I'll ask you about, as far as fight wise goes, uh, you fought another av- absolute like just wide open fighter, uh, Shane. Churla, what was it like fighting chainsaw? Uh,
1: the chainsaw, yeah. He, so Churla played, I believe he he was in medicine hat. Um, when I, I know he's a couple of years older, but I know I did. I think my first year played against him, um, or it might have been when I got called up a few games too. But uh, I tell you what, Churla was—he uh, was a freaking mean dude, man. Like he skated around like I'm gonna take your head off. Um, just his just as demeanor, um, he was he he meant business, you know. Like um, and when he fought, obviously, like you said, he he could throw in both hands and uh, take punches and yeah, he was. I uh, to me again, he's, he's another one tough as they come, you know, for his for his size too, you know.
0: Oh, for sure, yeah, um, yeah. I love. What was it? I think it is was it. Churla and Clark that went at it, and they was just toe to toe. I I trying to remember. I believe it was them. And oh god, what a fight that was! Um, it was when Churla was with the North Stars, and that was just what a. Like, oh yeah, oh, god, what a fight! <laughs> if anybody's listening, like, there's no other way to describe it. You just have to go watch it. Just go watch it. You'll just your jaw will be on the floor if you've never seen it. Um,
1: well, I'm, I'm going to watch it then tonight for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, so. Uh, one teammate I wanted to ask you about before we get to the fan questions is, uh, you know, he's a good friend that of uh, I wouldn't say of mine, of course, but uh, Max Mittendorf, who was he was he was his best friend. And I've, I've gotten to know Max Mittendorf over the years now uh, through Twitter, of course, and uh, just BS and on Facebook. But his best friend and uh, another kind of enforcer tough guy, Greg, the bird dog Smith. What was it like playing with a uh, bird dog?
1: Oh my gosh! You got another three hours to tell a bird dog story. <laughs>
0: well, I can get you back on, man. That's for sure. We can tell some bird oh. dog stories.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! The bird dog, I tell you what, there's, uh, oh man, un warrior, unbelievable teammate, um, just and, and an, just an awesome dude, and uh, and you know that same same for max max Mindorf, man max he's freaking bad max was an awesome dude to play with but bird dog I'll tell you what so actually I still got I got uh I was whether I got called no I was still up it was after so I think the second year in training camp I was still up And bird dog It got sent down and because my first year I first year in uh Quebec actually I uh uh, Adam foot was coming up the middle of his head down and I went for the big hit and we, he seen me at the last and we collided and I fractured my sternum and I separated my shoulder. So, so my, my training camp was done. Actually, I didn't, I didn't come back till, I think it was February twenty No, February 5th. I think it was. So I was, I was out pretty much the whole year. Um, but the second year, I remember I got sent down and bird dog was already there and we were so I went down to Halifax we were practicing we we're doing this one on one drill and I did you know the old outside inside and I beat him one on one and I went in and scored so I and I go right right into the line next thing I know I turn around and the bird dog you know they obviously wouldn't back then he comes over and freaking two hands me across my thigh. <laughs> and breaks a stick in half. And he goes, don't you ever do that again, you fucking rookie. And I looked up and I said, fuck you. And he fucking smiled and he said, fucking I could just see it in his face. He goes, I like this fucking kid. <laughs> and,
0: oh, man. And, and,
1: yeah, I was just like... Like, I, I know I'm freaking crazy. Did some crazy shit. But I tell you, what, when I, when I seen that, I'm just like... But I tell you what, like I said, we... Oh, man I, I i think i was his rookie uh, that year um man yeah just uh oh god the stories man he, he like i said he he blocked more shots in the goalies he would go down he you know fight anybody he was just a he was the best teammate like he would stick up for you stick you know he could hate you as as a teammate you know um but he'll stick up for you when it's when it's game on you know um, and that's just the bird dog's character, man. He was, he was a true warrior, man. He loved the game, um, passionate, uh, not only about the game, about life. Uh, uh, yeah, I was, I was so glad to, uh, to be on his team and, and kind of learn, learn some stuff from the bird dog, you know, like, uh, you know, again, just to be, to be a warrior, to to live life off the ice uh, you know I I tell you what he was um, I'm so glad I had that opportunity and an honor to play to play with the bird dog
0: absolutely man yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about him. It's like, I'm, I feel like I almost know him with how, cause I've Max Mindorf. He'll always comment, uh, you know, anytime somebody posts <laughs> anything, he's always commenting some story and it's something new every single time. So it's like, man, I feel like I know bird dog and it's just, it's just through Max. <laughs> so, oh, um, I've heard oh nothing but great God. things about the yeah. old bird dog.
1: Yeah. I tell you what, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of good stories I could tell. That's for sure, man. He was, he was uh, he was quite the character, both on
0: and off the ice, man. Absolutely. Well, man, I got a couple, just a couple fan questions for you here, and then we'll get you on your way. Um, so, Nello, I don't know how to say this last name. Sorry, I'm going to butcher it if you're listening. But <laughs> Nello Ferreira the second uh, said, Nello, yeah, ask him about the time he punched the glass and broke it in between benches in Kansas City when he was coaching in Missouri. It was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I remember, uh, and Nello, Nello's, uh, he's a big Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan too. He, I know I'm, I'm friends with him on, uh, uh, Instagram and Facebook, whatever. But, uh, Nello, Nello's, a you know what, he's, he's, he's one of us. Nello's, uh, man, he's a true character, uh, loves the game. He'd fight anybody. Um, but yeah, we were, I was coaching, um, uh, in Missouri just outside of St. Louis and we were playing in Kansas city. And I, I can't remember what happened, but yeah, the, the glass, the partition uh, came out in between us and, uh, oh, man, we're lucky. We didn't have a big brawl. Then, so, but yeah, now Della was a character, man. Like I said, he was, uh, he's one of us, man. I I think he's coaching in, uh, rapid city right now in the East coast league. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, He's just a great dude to, to, to be around.
0: Absolutely. Uh, man, that must have been crazy. You're sitting there coaching. You're, you're the one breaking the glass, not the players. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, Jeff Penner asked, uh, he said, the only question I would ask Hiller is Was Dale Hunter as big of a prankster in the Caps dressing room as everybody says he was?
1: You know what? Actually, now that he mentioned it, uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he'd always be doing something and always had this little smirk on his face and you know next thing you know he'd uh, uh he'd be out the back door and then uh guys would confront him in, in the morning and he just all all he would say is hey just get the right guy that's all i got to say it wasn't me get the right guy <laughs> uh but yeah I, I, yeah hansi was uh hansi was uh, a very good prankster he did a lot of uh a lot of things, you know, whether it was the shaving cream in the shoes or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, he was always he was always having fun. Yeah, Hunsi was
0: always having fun, man. Absolutely. Uh, well, one last question for you, and uh, Roderico Barbarino. Wow, that's quite quite a name you got there. Um, <laughs> ask who was the toughest teammate you ever played alongside with?
1: Toughest teammates?
0: I don't know um, if you can narrow that down. You, I mean, God, you had so many. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, that's uh, that's hard to say. I, I mean, you know what? Everyone's tough in uh, uh, in in a different way, right? Like, you know, you, you look at Twister. Twister, he'd throw bombs from downtown and try and frickin' knock your head off. Um, Kelly Chase was freaking you know, he, he was a, he was, he was a smart fighter. Like he would tie you up and and. You know, you think he'd be down and out, but he'd come back, and he'd do some underneath kind of grab the other guy's elbow or from underneath, and then he'd throw lefts, and um, you know, just like I said, everyone everyone had their uh, their toughness, the way they fought. Um, but you know what? Uh, like I said, it uh, to narrow it down to one. I mean, like I said, like I said, Twister was. Twister was very, very tough. Chaser, you know, he don't care the same thing. He fought anybody and, uh, um, you know, he fought all the heavyweights, um, but in a different way, you know. Um, Gosh, I mean, you know, Mark Tenorti. Mark Tenorti was freaking, man, there's another guy that could stand in there and take punches and then throw punches and offense and defense or no no defense, it's all offense, right? But, um, you know, my, my boy, Chief Baruby. I mean, the chief was, uh, Chief had a little craziness in him that, uh, you know what, and he got, uh, man, I, I didn't see him lose too many fights, I'll tell you that. Um, you know, we were line mates and, uh, uh, you know, it was great to catch up with him, uh, after he won the, won the cup. I texted him and I still had his number. So, um, but yeah, like I said, you know, just, uh, I don't know, it, it, like you said with. Uh, I think Chaser did the Ice Guardians, right? Uh, just a band of brothers that, uh, just a bunch of warriors that are after the same thing. Um, I guess you could say the belt, but I, I think more importantly, we're we're still after the same thing that everyone wants, and that's the Stanley Cup. You know, um, whether we do it with with uh, different ways with our hands and, and scoring, but like I said, we're you know, I think that's the uh, the chemistry and then the character of a team that uh, you need a little bit of everything, you know. Um, and, then, and you know, to this day, like, I, I still think the intimidation factor is still there. I know with the team that I have, I know that my leading goal scorers, man, they played hard, and I tell them, I said, look, you don't have to take the body all the time, but when you have an opportunity, you got to show the – you're your teammates that you're going to go to war for them too. And you're going to block shots as well. Um, you're going to pride those little things that, you know, as us, like Mike Eagles, right? Mike Eagles would, you know, run, run through the wall for you. And he would block shots and everything. So, but I, I really feel that in my coaching, uh, if you, if you're, if your top guys do those little things, block shots and, and hit once in a while, that your team's going to be way better off because those other guys aren't going to say, well, he, can, he just score goals, right? But no, he's, he's doing all the little things too. And to me, that's contagious. And, and I think that's, you know, the word, the word around the league and the SGA this year is that no one wanted to play us in playoffs because we had a pretty greasy, hard-nosed team that competed and uh, went to war for each other. And you know they said the bo- the boys put their balls on the line every night, and and it showed. And uh, and to me, that's that's what makes a team work is when you got everyone on the same page, uh, sacrificing their body.
0: Absolutely, man. Uh, well, what a way to sum it up, too. Of course, you ended off with your coaching. Uh, I definitely got to get you back on, man. We got to dive into your your minor league time, and then uh, of course your coaching journey. And you know, congratulations to you that you just were named the uh, SJHL Coach of the Year and it's it's great to see guys like yourself who were in kind of the enforcer the, the gritty fourth line role uh you know you like you have you you have chief and then you go of course you got rocky thompson up there mixing up in the AHL um you know it's good to see you guys being successful cuz you're shutting up all the damn critics that are out there you know you have uh, so many people is like when when guys like yourself will get hired oh like oh well why would they hire him and blah 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 well yeah wonder why look what look what you're doing now so uh you know i just wanted to congratulate you and you know Really appreciate what what you're doing, and you know it's good to see you being successful after hockey, and you know that you're still involved, and hell, you're doing great things too. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to congratulate you for that, man. Well, thank you. You know, and I, like I said, I I think with the,
1: you know, your your chief and Rocky Thompson, I I, I think, uh, you know, guys like that, uh, they, they 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 love the game, they have the passion for the game, and. I believe they have a little better understanding uh, to to teach the game as well, um, you know. And and like I said, I think it, I think obviously it shows in both their both their careers. And and like I said, I, I mean, for me, I, I've taken a little piece of everything. Like fortunately, for, and I know this might be whatever subject. Mike Babcock, my my first two years under Mike Babcock were absolutely amazing. I learned so much because as a player, you think you know it all. Right. Like I, I feel, I felt my, you know, and a lot of people want to agree a very smart, uh, smart player, but, and, and, you know, they, they think of Kevin Kaminsky, the other side of it, but I I really believe that, uh, you know, you, you take little pieces of the puzzle and, and, and now how do you transform, teach that to 25 guys, right? As an individual to play, I can go, and prepare myself. But now I got to prepare 25 guys, uh, you know, and, and, and it's, and I'm still learning. It's, take, it's taken a lot of, a lot of years to, uh, you know, to get this kind of under a wrap. And, 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 and it never is because there's always one part of the team's game, whether it's D zone coverage or power play felony kill, neutral zone, forecheck, check, you know, all that stuff that there's always something to work on, you know? Um, and I think that's just you know if you put the and I I believe Chief and and uh, Rocky they put their time in and, and and that shows that that the care factor in these guys and same as myself I told my guys I'll I'll, I'll do whatever it takes I'll, I'll go to war with you and uh, whatever you guys need I'll I'll try and get you know and and what if you have questions just come in. my door is always open let let's be open about it you know if, I might be missing something or my assistant might be missing something. You know, you might have a coach and maybe did it something just a little bit different and, and it might work. So like you said, it, you always got to be open to, uh, and give the players a, a little bit of, you know, comfort to come into your office and say, Hey coach, this isn't working. What do you, my old coach did this. What do you think of that? I said, I'm well. let's look at, it. you know? So there's always, there's always room to improve. Um, and to get better and that's uh and then that's what i try and try and do for for my for my guys
0: well clearly it's working for you you're doing something right <laughs> you know so <laughs> uh you know congratulations again man and i i really appreciate you taking the time to come onto the podcast uh like i said i definitely got to get you back on and we gotta we gotta dive into the the real jungle known as the minor leagues uh, back in the 90s so uh we'll definitely we'll definitely dive into that a little bit but uh again i can't thank you enough for coming on kevin it's been a blast having you on and uh really appreciate you taking the time
1: well i'm glad we got glad, I'm glad we finally got the opportunity and yeah we got lots of time now by the looks of like things will be in our houses for a while so maybe i'll be on sooner than later
0: absolutely and i ain't gonna complain about that
1: <laughs> <laughs> well thanks alex i appreciate your time and uh and having me on as a guest and uh, uh again uh it's, it's uh you know every, everything i do it's it's, uh, it's an honor to be part of your show and and uh, like i said it was it was a blast to to catch up today
0: absolutely man will you have yourself a good night all right, for your right all right take care bye man party.
1: you got to fight for your right.